podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Westra is Bester with me, Lee G. Joining me as always is Big M. How are we, Matt? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you doing yourself? Yeah, it's a bit later this week just because of various bits and bobs, but it's... Uh, yeah, you know, something to do with uh, testing the kennels out or something, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, with the dogs, with the dogs going on holiday and then putting the dogs into kennels and finding a kennels for the dogs is more difficult than actually choosing a holiday for yourself. But uh, yeah, so yeah, a little bit delayed this week, but um, yeah, what a week to... <laughs> to to run a later one. Um, I mean, we'll talk about the WRU stuff and all of that later, but it's, I don't know about yourself, but it just feels like um, this is just typical Welsh rugby. You know, we just move from one crisis to the next, to the next, to the next. We're never happy oh. unless we're, 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 we're in trouble for something, you know? Oh, we don't move from crisis. We say this crisis is about to be sorted, and then we just say there's another one going on, and we forget all about the last one. Yeah, we don't actually deal. I think that's half the problem, that we don't actually deal with issues and 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 what have you. But I say we'll we'll cover those bits off later because there's a lot there to cover. <laughs> but um, let's let's start with um, the game last weekend, and. Uh, uh, we got five out of six win. Uh, five out of the last six we won now. Or six out of the last seven, something like that. Yes, something like that. It's looking yeah. pretty, pretty decent. It's it's a good winning streak, and Europe is looking good, and everything is rosy in the Scarlet's Garden. So, what what did you make of the game, mate? It, before I start on any sort of analysis, you know, any win out in France is is a job well done. And, we, you know, we held them out till about, what was it, about 62 minutes before they finally got on the scoreboard. So credit where credit's due, those boys put in a hell of a shift. And, you know, again, disappointing not to get the bonus point, but in the end it didn't matter because we've managed to top our pool. And fingers crossed we get uh, home games all the way to the final if we can, you know, get past our, our opponents. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, any like you say, anything in France is massive just because, you know, even the TMOs out there aren't necessarily neutral. <laughs> you know, they, they, they'll, oh, did I not show you that 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 uh, particular view? Or it's okay, oh, I couldn't get through to the ref and all of that kind of stuff. So to go out there, and it was a massively different team to, to the one that turned up. Uh, Parker Scarlets, you could see that from the kickoff. You know, they they were proper proper up for it, and they had no reason to be. They had, they weren't playing for anything, so you know our boys really stuck at that well and gave them hell. I thought. So. Yeah, it it was a much closer to their first, you know, fifteen twenty three than the first game round, mm. and you know they didn't they not they not push overs. You know they okay they're not fighting for. You know, home playoff games in the top fourteen, but they they definitely in the mix, mm. and you know ex- expect them to be in the Champions Cup next season the way they're going. Mm. Which you know says a lot about the way we played the game, and I think the the attitude of the play. I mean, certainly first half it felt 
second half kind of petered out for me. I don't know about you, but I thought the first half we were on fire. It was it was it was quite a comfortable watch. It was an enjoyable game to watch because we never gave them much ground. We didn't give them much ball to play with. You know, we our defence was solid. Our attack was superb, and it was quite a good game to watch because it felt comfortable. You know, so. Yes. I think I think second half, you know, we, we went in with our thirteen point lead and we were thinking, okay, all we're not focusing on, you know, pushing ourselves further, let's just consolidate the win. So mm. I, I think the the mindset shifted mm. and that's what we saw as it came out into the second half. It didn't it wasn't as much of okay, let's attack where we can as we can. It was more okay. Let's go for territory. Let's just defend. Let's do what we let's do what we can. Just keep them out of the game, and it worked. Uh, it's not the way I would have liked to have seen it done, but you know you, you can't argue with the result in the end. Yeah, and I think that's that's the key thing to focus on is, is the the job was done, and we talk about turning the screw, which is you know maintaining the ball, maintaining a position on the field, and defending like hell, and 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 just not giving the opposition any opportunity to get a foothold into the game, which we kind of did for large parts of it. I think there were a couple of bits at the end that we probably, you know, look back and go, right, that was a bit of an error. But yeah, on the whole, I I, I was impressed with the way the guys played. I really, really was. So yeah, it's it feels weird because normally we'd, we'd rab it on for about half an hour about last week's game. But, uh, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, don't me wrong. We 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 could wrap it on if we wanted. You know, it's it, it wouldn't be that hard to focus on things. Like, mm. you know, if if we're looking at some critiques from the game, I mean, okay, box kicking was everywhere. It it really needs to be tightened up a little bit coming into this week. Mm. And for God's sake, stop throwing to the back of the line out. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I, it, 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 I'm just watching it and I'm going, why? We, we saw the mistakes we made last week mm. and we, we're just trying it again. I, I know you need to practice and you need to do things, but, you know, be smart about it. Well, they've got four days of solid practice to rehearse that, <laughs> that throw to the back of the line. And, uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things that, I mean, I, I used to be a tail gunner, so I used to love the ball off the back because you just, if that goes right, you're just running straight at the the ten and twelve channel. So I, I used to love that. If that comes off, you're laughing. But um, yeah, if it doesn't, you you're in a again. In defence, if somebody used to try and throw a ball over the top, I I, w- I would love that because you know they're vulnerable. So if their back row is switched on to it. Yeah, you you're in a lot of trouble. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to criticize. You know, uh, who was it? Ken was hooking. I'm not I'm not just going to criticize him because hooking is a hell of a lot harder than a lot of people realize. You know, it doesn't matter how much you practice in a week, the wind conditions are never the same. You've you don't have a visual target of where you need the ball to go. Mm. You know, every single time it it could be the same lifters and it could be the same jumper. He's going to hit a different height every single time. You know, and then you've got to add in, you know, the opponents competing for the ball. There's a lot of variables 
when it comes to the line out and you know for people to constantly go oh the hooker's not throwing properly the hooker's not doing this it's, it's not just one person it, it is a team effort it is the full unit so i we can't just stick the criticism on one player it's, it's got to go on the whole unit mm. i think this is why hookers are such angry aggressive people because if a scrum goes wrong they get the blame <laughs> yeah it's, if, a, if a line out goes wrong they get the blame scrum goes wrong they get the blame and then if they're not like um running riot through the through the back line then uh, um you know what were they doing you know but um yeah i mean i thought the tries that we scored i thought were, were quite decent tries you know, yeah, I, I liked our first try. I liked the move our first phase of a scrum. I mm. mean, need, needed work, don't get me wrong, but it was nice. Garth Davis, you know, putting his foot down and just brushing through one defender, and that was a lovely pass. Mm. You know, out, out to McNichol, it was, it was really nice. And it, it kind of felt like this is the way Scarlet used to play rugby. You know, this is this it is was how really played. reminiscent of oh, I think it was the season we won the league. We played, I think it was the Ospreys, the game before the playoffs, and we had a similar, you know, set play scrum, and we scored a very similar try to that, and it just reminded me exactly of that game and that try. Mm. Um, I think when you look back at that season and you look at this season, we didn't have many plays in the Welsh uh, squad for that season as well, and we picked up a load of points through the the Six Nations period. All being you know we started at a much higher position in the league but um it was it was one of those things that just kind of came right through the six nations and ultimately that's that's what took us to the end of the season so i'm quite hopeful for a, a a decent run over the next couple of weeks i think the problem is is that we're not playing Irish and Scottish sides, we're playing South African sides that are not affected by the Six Nations, um, which is kind of a, you know... It... Yeah, we, we have faced a bit of a thumping with the, the schedule in this season. I mean, if you add in, you know, the, the week before the internationals and the week after when they have, you know, the, the rest period and the early training camp, we've played all four South African teams and we've got Munster and Leinster in those six, seven games. So we really have been, we've been shafted. Yeah. Well, you know, let's, let's look at the Bulls for, for this Friday then. Saturday, Friday. 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 Yeah. Playing a lot of Friday games, which is fine, but, you know, it seems to go through a, Dragons seem to play a lot of Sunday games. And we seem to be having a season of Friday games. So, but um, yeah, what 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 are you expecting from this weekend's game? Well, as always, I'm expecting a nice big win. You know, uh, <laughs> looking at the balls and and people, you look at the South Africans, and and yes, they're all high up in the table. Uh, they don't win a lot of games outside of South Africa. You know, mm. it's, it really shocked me when I started looking at it. I mean, if we take the balls for example. They've only won away at Benetton and at Dragons this season. All their other wins have come inside South Africa. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it makes you think, you know, they're not as dominating as we all first expected. It's mm. just they're so good on their own patch and, you know, it's obviously different conditions for what a lot of the boys are used to. But, you know, mm. give it time and we'll adjust. 
So mm. looking at that and looking at the games they have lost this season, it, it seems to be that you know they, they break down teams over time. Yeah. And all we really have to do, I, and I know it sounds simple, and it's always going to sound simple because you know when you talk <laughs> about you know how to win a game, it it sounds a lot easier than what actually is. But mm. you just keep your defense solid, you know, and you watch your discipline, you know, compete, mm. get the breakdown, and you know that that's more or less. Yeah. Job done. Yeah. And the, the main thing that I've noticed in the past few weeks is our ball retention. It is getting better and better. We're not losing as many ball as well as many turnovers to you know them poaching or them counter rucking. There there are still moments. I'm, I'm not saying they're not, mm. but us keeping possession has been getting much better. Mm. And I think that's something we need to take into this game on Friday night. I think, you know, outside of you know our own you know twenty two or maybe you know thirty meters from our own line. We just keep the ball, you know, because they, they angle the ball, they can't score. It's, it's as simple as that. And the way we're playing, I think we could keep that ball for long periods of time. And See, that sounds like a really simple way of playing the game. They can't score if they haven't got the ball. But that's what I used to tell the sides when I was coaching them at under sevens, under eights. You know, you can only score when you've got the ball. So... Don't give them the ball and they can't score. And then at some point you will. And it's it's a really simple way of thinking about the game that I think people overlook. I think when we we do this whole kick for pressure and, you know, those kinds of things, you, you're kicking the ball back to them. You know, at best, you, 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 you've you got to have a really good kick chase to put that pressure on the ball, which... Our our kick chase has improved, but if we just keep hold of the ball, like you say, you know, as long as you can protect that ball and defend that ball, it should be quite a simple, straightforward game. And I think we've got the players to to make that kind of game work, if that makes sense. To retain the ball and then, as and when there's a a, a break, we can capitalize on it. So. Yeah, we just we just look at this game against Bayonne. We were attacking from our own half, and we okay, we weren't making you know mountains and meters every single time, but we weren't getting pushed back, and that's the main thing. Yeah. You know, even if you're going through two or three phases to get two or three meters, that's still progress, and you're tiring out them more than you're tiring out yourself. It's a lot easier to attack than it is to defend, mm. and you you can look at rugby incredibly simply. And you do need to bring it back to that on times, especially at a professional level, because you know players can overcomplicate things. You know they've done this for years, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They get in their own heads, and it's just a game. Just mm. you know, do what you know best. Do what you can do. Well, I think the the thing for this weekend is with the Bulls, they are just such a big pack. So when when we talk about retaining the ball. That's all well and good when it's a fifty-fifty pack, you know. You you're pretty much well matched, but the the bulls are a massive, massive pack, and and I think our strength so far have been in you know maintaining the ball outside. You know, not playing that tight game, but retaining the ball further out. You know, centers and wingers, and we got people like Dan Davis, who again is just on fire. Oh, you know, phenomenal. 
yeah, um, I was impressed with Tupelo too for the time he was on. Um, I, I think we're starting to develop younger players now to, that are ready to come and take over. Um, did you see uh, Dwayne Peel's commentary and update for for this week with who's in? Yeah, I, I I saw the bit on um, on our centre centre conundrum and you know Eddie James, uh, a, a nice young six foot four, built like a brick shit house twelve, is going to get yeah. some game time. And I've seen him play a couple of times for Slethley, um in the Premiership, and you know, the, the boys are a bit of a beast. You know, and and the bit I like is he's played with Joe Roberts in academy under 18s coming through. You know, he's played with Joe Roberts at Slethley, so they know each other. And I think when you when you add those two in, you know, big, heavy, fast. So you you've got one big, heavy guy that can punch holes, and then you've got you know the other one that can create something and, and is just a tiger around it and is really, really quick. I think they balance each other really, really well. Yeah, and, and Joe Roberts is punching holes himself. I mean, mm. this I think in the last four or five games he's played, you know, that 13 shirt is his, you know, mm. unless he does something catastrophic, you know, Foxy, you know, Scott Williams, whoever wants that 13 shirt, you, you're going to have to, you know, kill him to get it. He's yeah. just been playing so well. Yeah, well, you know, Foxy's out for a couple of weeks now with a, a calf strain, I think it is. Um, yeah. Scott Williams is out again to the end of the season with a hamstring um, surgery. He's had a hamstring surgery, which it didn't look that bad when he did it. But, you know, sometimes that's the way these things go and he was right to pull up and stop himself. But I think, you know, as hard as it is to say, I we both... We know they both come into the end of their careers. You know, they're not spring chickens. And with the way Welsh rugby is at the minute, with funding, with money, with all of that kind of stuff, and this is going to sound really harsh now, but we can't afford to keep players on that are going to be injured more than they're going to be playing. You know, as, as good as they are. It's a business at the end of the day, and if you're not getting a return on your investment, they've got to go. I mean, I I do get that there's there's a place for loyalty, mm. and you you've got to bear with some players, but at at the same time, you know the costs outweigh that, mm. and you know there's no jobs. Well, there is still some jobs for the boys in certain places, but it's. You know, we're, we're, what, we're almost 30 years into professional rugby now. It, it is time that this sort of mindset disappears as much as we'd love these boys to stay here forever. You know, it, it just it just can't happen. It's not good for the club. It's not good for the state of rugby as a whole. Yeah. And and I think we've been kind of shooting ourselves in the foot as a, as a club, as a region for a while with, you know, we, we haven't... We haven't been developing the players through the system to come and take over from Foxy and from Scott. You know, we, we brought in Johnny Williams, um, who seems to spend most of his time injured, but he's younger and he's a really dynamic player when he's on the pitch. But, you know, would I rather have Eddie James coming through and Joe Roberts coming through and showing what they can do or... Would I rather keep hold of, you know, 
those three that probably going to spend most of the next season injured. You know, and, and let's be honest, the, the way the bandings work in rugby at the minute, those boys combined probably cost less than half of one of those players. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, I, I, it's one of those things that we have to be realistic about now. And uh, that doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't mean that we don't think they're fantastic players. It means that we're in a position where we've got a certain amount of money and funding, which hopefully, you know, should be clarified in the next uh, couple of days. Um, and then we've got to make that, that money go as far as it possibly can. And if you're paying, you know, in, in the, the update this week, they said Samson Leeds hopefully going to be back in March. You know, well, that's March, April, May. We might get two months out of him for this season. Even if he's back, I wouldn't play him. I, I give, I just keep him on the sidelines, give him extra time to recover. You know, one Achilles injury was bad enough. Now we're on tour. You know, I, I know they're not rushing him. I know they're taking the time. Mm. But, you know, I, I, I still, I, I wouldn't even consider this season, even if he is fit. Mm. And I think the thing is, is we've got young props coming through now. You look at, you know, Harry O'Connor, you look at um, Kemsley Mathias, um, there's a couple of others as well that are kind of pushing to come through. So that is an area where we have worked on bringing younger players through. So Yeah, and, and uh, the un- Wales under-20s played on uh, Friday night. And I correct, well, I, I don't think I'm wrong, but we had two tight deads in that team. From mm. our academy, we had two hookers as usual and two scrum halves because yeah. you know that's just what we do. We produce hookers and scrum halves. It's, it's just what we seem to do at the minute. Yeah, yeah, and well, scrum halves. We, it was Archie and Harry, wasn't it? And yeah, we've got three international scrum halves in our club at the minute at the top level. You know, so and I'll be fair to Gareth Davis. Um, he's playing really well at the minute. You know, he's got a bit of a, a bit between his teeth and he is actually, you know, giving it some umph at the minute. So, yeah. Anyway, back to back to Friday's <laughs> game. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm thinking, uh, I just think they're going to overpower us up front. That's that's my concern. I think we're, they're just too big, strong, powerful up front. Um if we can turn a couple of balls over and, and move it out, yeah, I think we're in with a shot. But I think we'll we'll probably stick with it for first half. We may even go into half time in the lead. But that second half is gonna be a serious, serious test of where we are oh, right now. Come on, mate, that's some faith will <laughs> I yeah, I've got you know, I've got the faith and it, it's I think it's a, it's a it's going to be a really good challenge for us. I think Ken has been really instrumental in where we've been over the last couple of months in term, in in this run. I think Ken has you've seen his face on the pitch and you've seen the way you can see the passion that, that runs through him for the club. And without him on the pitch and without Foxy on the pitch, who's going to take that role to kind of drive people on? to wind people up to go come on we're not having this come on do you know what I mean so that there's a role there for somebody this weekend to to step into that motivational shoe to go right I'm I'm this is what a leader does yeah 
So, and I don't know. Well, hopefully, it's a younger boy as well. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. You know, who's going to be that player? Who are they going to give that captaincy to? Um, because, yeah, I don't know who who's next up. You know, is it Gareth Davis? And Gareth Davis has always been a bit of a quiet kind of a player. Um, he's a Shingler, bit of, maybe. Shingler was my thought, yeah. Um, but I can't really see massive amounts of people standing up and going, you know, I'm a leader. And I think that's the that's the next stage, the next step of where we need to be. On yeah, that. like we, we've got we've got a few players who are leaders in terms of the way they perform. Like you look at Lousy and you look at Dan Davis at the minute and, and their performances are, are they, they set in the bar, you know, from what they're doing, but from what, you know, how you talk and how you, you know, you speak, it, it is a different element that we don't have a great deal of outside of our, you know, our, our top three or four, like, you know, Josh yeah. McLeod is capable of doing it. And you, you just, you just, you just look at it thinking, oh, this is, it's going to be difficult now. Cause if I look at my captaincy, obviously we've got Ken, we've got Elias, uh, what was it? Jonathan Davis, Scott Williams, Josh McLeod. And you're thinking none of those boys are going to be playing. And right. uh, that's really your leadership group. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, who's your backup leadership group? I mean, it's, it's not something you normally have to go into. No, but then I, I, maybe look at someone like Dane Blacker, you know, he's a, he's a scrum half and they're always chops. He gets a scrum half. They're always the chops. He gets, they're always the annoying, irritating little turds that get in your way when you're trying to do something important. I speak from personal experience there, obviously. Um, but do you know what I mean? I think he, he may be the one that kind of puts his hand up and goes, this is, you know, this is his opportunity. This is his time, you know? So yeah, same could be said for Costello as well. You know, mm. both young halfbacks. They're they're in a good position to really watch the game and see what's happening. You know, it's it's, it's going to be an interesting one, and uh, we don't have very long to find out. And you know, everyone listening to this is going to know before yeah, they actually before start the end of this part of the program. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that'll be an interesting. Okay, well, I tell you what, we'll do then. Right. So by the time this comes out, we'll we'll know who captain is. Go on, you pick your captain. I'll pick my captain, and then we'll see who's closest. So I'm going to go Dane Blacker. Uh, see, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm, I'm trying to think. I I want to I want to pick a wild card just just for the sake of it. <laughs> oh, who shall I pick? Who shall I pick? Go on, I'll pick Steph Evans. Go on. <laughs> Steph Evans after he's been for a haircut. I couldn't believe he's still got this bloody mullet, but I just... Oh, leave a boy alone. Oh, he scored I... a good try on a weekend and he had to work hard for it too. Yeah, he did. And and then he stands up and you go, I'll have a crack and try. And you go, yeah, come on. yeah. And then he stands up and you go, oh, look at the hair, man. Look at the hair. Come on, dude. We can do better than that. They must be paying you enough to go and get a decent bloody haircut fella. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, there we go. I, I think it was either a mullet or dye red. I think that's any option there at the minute. Yeah, those are the two. Uh, that's all they do in, internationally. <laughs> so, um, what's your what's your forecast for this weekend then? What's your prediction for the Bulls game? Oh, uh, as always, good win. So, I'll say 33-26. 
Okay. So I put uh, um, on my other podcast, on my on my rap podcast, I put us down for a loss, a very narrow loss by two points. And oh, I just think, yeah, I, just, oh, I think we're really going to struggle. I really do. So I'm going to go for a draw. <laughs> it's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit in a fence. I just... Yeah, I... I, I, I've I, seen pop-outs before, but Jesus, man. <laughs> no, I just, I think it's going to be good to have that level of a test now. We, we've had so much positivity over the last kind of couple of weeks. So much um, so much has gone right for us that it'll be, it'll be a really good test. And if we do come out of this game with a win, whether it's one point or 20 points or whatever... Um, if we come out of this with a win, I think the effect that has on the rest of the season is massive. Do you know what I mean? I, I think we, if if we, if we can squeeze anything out of this game, that kind of defines the rest of the season for for us. Well, don't get me wrong; the rest of the season is focused on performing well in Europe. But I think if we can pull something out of this game that makes that European side of it a lot easier and a lot better. So, yeah, so I'm going for a draw just because sit on the fence. Robin. <laughs> so, while we're still talking Scarlet stuff then, um, under-18s played away in RGC last week. So, if anybody watched um, Rugby Paub on Facebook last night, um, there were highlights at half-time of last week's game, which you don't often see when teams are away in RGC. So I think RGC have up their, their televisual communication systems. Um, so it'll be on telly tonight at 10 o'clock, no, 9, 10 o'clock on S4C. So it's worth watching. Um, our under-18s this year are good, genuinely. And by good. tonight, he means Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have this done out tonight. But, um, yeah, the under-18s this year are really, really good. Um, I watched a bit of the Ospreys and Dragons under-18s. We we took the Dragons 18s apart. We we did not let them play at all. Um, and they were champions last season, let's not forget. Yeah, and they went toe-to-toe with the Ospreys last night. Um, Ospreys and Cardiff was a bit of a, a 50-50 game. And when we played Cardiff, we we should have put them away comfortably because we 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 were all over them and they just had one guy that kicked it fifty meters and every time we tried to pass the wind blew it away. So yeah, really confident about the under 18s this year. I think the Ospreys game is important now, um, which is that got called off, so that's got to be rearranged. So it'll be interesting to see if we can beat the Ospreys. Um, I think we've got that sorted um i can't see cardiff beating us down down at the park um so yeah at the training pitch yeah still frustrating (laughs) i I tell you the face on the under 18s when they walk onto the park yeah you can just see them they're that much bigger that pride yeah and i spoke to some of the um some of the newport boys and some of the cardiff boys last year actually about playing on on the park, you know. So the Cardiff boys, um, it's not so much of a thing because they play on Cardiff Arms Park. 
because it's a 4G pitch, it, it don't make any difference, yeah? So they're used to playing in that big atmosphere, but even they were a bit like, you know, us. it's a really nice stadium to play in, really like it, really enjoy it. You you do get an atmosphere, even, you know, there's only a couple of hundred people there, but it's you get an atmosphere and it's lovely to play on, on a proper park. And then you talk to the Newport boys. Now, when you play in Newport, you play on Astrid Manor, which is on, on the training pitch where Dragons played... Um, last week, uh, and they're like, you know, this this is where you want to be. You want to play on these big parks. You know, love playing on these big parks. So, yeah, if we're trying to, how do I put this now? Because we're not allowed to poach at under 18s. You're not allowed to say to anybody, come over to us. You have to, if they've been released by um, the other academy you're allowed to offer them a place but you're not allowed to approach them and say would you like to leave the Ospreys Academy and come to Scarlet's Academy well I mean isn't there a way we can go just use our business card if things don't go right where you are give us a call well that's kind of you know when you come to to the Scarlet and you're playing on that big park and the boys talk they all know each other and stuff you know they play Wales 18s together they're all in college together and and that like atmosphere of what well, I quite like playing at Parker Scarlet so you know it's a bit of an atmosphere I enjoy playing there it just makes that conversation with them a bit easier so yeah it's a lot of young players there to watch out for I think our back row this year is absolutely superb um, so yeah long may it live long may they're, they're, they're boys to watch for the future definitely that whole this year's under-18s are going to be pretty special when they come through. Mark my words, you heard it here first. So, Scott's so. under-18s girls are playing up North Wales on Sunday against the Dragons. So, it sh- should be a good game. Hopefully, another win. You know, Dragons have lost to Cardiff and drew with RGC. So, yeah. you know, Scarlet's 18s girls should be another good win. Yeah, and best of luck to the girls up there because it's a, it's a hell of a trip up there. It's like six hours on a bus and all of that kind of stuff, but it's a lovely pitch to play on. Um, so yeah, good luck to all the girls playing on that. And we should probably try and do something for you know we should interview some of the girls or something like that. Um, some of the, the management at the very least um, in the future. Yeah, we're well, not, we're not getting anywhere with the senior team, mate. <laughs> no, we're not. We're, we're going nowhere. Let's before we move on to the local stuff. Before we move on to the the key bits, let's let's have a little chat through the WRU, and we've got so many things on the WRU that we could talk about. We we've, we've got the the whole sexism allegations. We've got a general culture. We've got the. The signing of the agreement with the regions. Uh, if I, my recommendation to everyone is just avoid Twitter, avoid talking about this on Twitter because there are there are a couple of people on Twitter that no matter what you say or how well thought out your argument is, will just have a go at you and 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 try to rip you to bits because they're bloody 40-year-old virgins living at home with their mum, you know. So <laughs> it's one of those things. It's such an emotive um, uh, conversation to have with people. But we've all been there. We've all been in clubs. We've all been, you know, in a place where 
you know, I I know from myself playing and coaching and being involved in the admin of, of clubs, people say stuff and you go, mm. hang on a sec, that's that's not right. That's not we shouldn't be saying that. But they're an old bloke who's been in the club for 60, 70 years. He's been here since he was 10 years old and he's, you know, and you've only been here five years, all of that kind of stuff. So it's a big, big challenge in Welsh rugby in general, not just in the WIU, but the attitude of Welsh rugby in general. It's still run in an amateur way. I mean, this, you don't need any qualifications to you know to be running the damn thing. You just get elected hmm. by clubs, and yeah. it's it's it, it is a joke. Like I I, I don't like saying it because this this is our union and they are responsible for the whole state of the game. But you, you're looking at you you you've got a a bunch of amateurs running things. Hmm. I mean this this is a hundred million you know pound turnover a year business. And if you can't get a proper person or a team into run it, it's never going to be good. And like you've just said, there's still that attitude, oh, they've been here for, you know, 40, oh, 50, well. 60 years. Just, you know, mm. oh, it's, it's just the way they are. Don't worry about it. It, just, yeah. it doesn't work like that. No. And no. I think the biggest thing I've taken from this week is I know they've said there's going to be an external investigation. But it doesn't matter if that investigation was internal or external. So long as the CEO is still in place, those people still answer to the CEO. Mm. That investigation is happening under duress. You're not going to get 100% truth, if yeah. any at all. And I think this is... I'm almost... I'm not happy that this has happened, obviously. I think what's happened to particularly the the, the women that we saw on the the programme on Monday. Um, I think that's absolutely disgraceful behaviour. But I'm glad that it's come out because there's been so many people trying to bring this to people's attention over the last couple of years. And so many people, well, not even the last couple of years, you know, I've, I've been involved in the admin side of it on and off for the last 20 years. Yeah. And I was a player for 15, 20 years before that. So, and, and all through that time, there's been issues with the 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 way things are run, the attitude of people within clubs, the attitude of people at the top of the game. And it just never felt like, you know, that we were going in the right direction. And I think some of that is... Uh, you know, we, on 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 the rap podcast, we interviewed David Buttress, and he made a really good point that, and, and I agree with him on this, that the people who put themselves forward to run clubs do so with the best of intentions. You know, they, they you need people to run clubs. You can't pay people to run small clubs. Yeah, there just isn't the money going into those clubs. So it it is volunteer. So we rely on those people to to run those clubs and to keep the base level of Welsh rugby in a good position. But you then get to that position where, you know, as you get, as your club gets bigger, as the crowd gets bigger, you start paying players that you have to change your attitude. And I don't think there's the leadership inside the WRU 
to say, right, okay, you're in this level, you're in this level, this is how you run the club at that level, or this these are the guidelines at which you run the club. And when you get to the top of the game, you know, these are the guidelines of how you run the whole of the game. I think they're so scared of the people at the base of the game that they've kind of grown up with. They've kind of been around for the last 40, 50 years. They're the people that have put them in that position and they're scared of annoying them in case, you know, the the, the backlash from it. And I think that's, that's where you get the bit about the professionalism that those guys are there with the, the best of intention guys and women i think some of the some of the women that i've seen run rugby clubs are fantastic oh uh, 100% i mean i i've there's not enough women in our local rugby club. clubs because i i can honestly say there's there's dozens of clubs that have got women especially involved in the minis and junior sections yeah and they go above and beyond and they do so much it is it's unreal when you when you think of rugby you don't you don't automatically think of women but you you go to any you know any any pitch on a sunday and the amount of women who are involved in setting that up and a lot of them are more backroom than hands-on coaching but they do so much i mean they do absolutely everything you know they even the little things you know the washing the kits you know they're making sure all the equipment's tidy and you know, nine times out of ten, it is a woman who's, who's making the food for the kids afterwards. Yeah. They yeah. they are so valuable to the game. And I think the difference is is they come at it with a different attitude to men. So I I noticed that when I was playing, and and I see it now in be careful where we say this now. Um, I see I see it now in rugby where you might so. When a, when a training session is organised, yes, yeah, so I, I I watch training sessions um, out my back window, and those training sessions will usually be at six o'clock, yeah. And when you talk to coaches, why why is it at six o'clock? Oh, because that's that's when we've always had training. You know, that's that's when we train. We train at six for juniors, and you go, yeah, but why? And and there's no justification for it. And then you talk to the mums and you go, oh, do you know what? Six o'clock is the worst time to train because you can't, by the time they come home from school and then they do their homework and then you haven't got time to have tea before you go out and then you've either got to pull tea forward and then the kids aren't eating with the family or you've got to wait until after and then it's like seven, half seven, eight o'clock before they have tea. So, you know, we don't think about it in the same way. We don't think about that logic side of it that female um, uh, administrators of the game do. And it's things like, you know, so the, uh, YOLO in, in, in Academy having a wait session at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning, you know, to get to that wait session at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning, he needs to leave here. It's an hour and 15 to get there. Yeah. You've got to be there 15 minutes before. So you've got to be there 6.45. So he's got to leave home at 5.45. He's got to leave home at 5.30 in the morning. So to be ready to leave at 5.30, he's got to get up at five. Yeah. That session at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning is not organized by a woman. Because a woman wouldn't organize. Do you know what I mean? 
And yeah, I, I that's the bit it, we it, miss. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand why the training sessions are that early for, especially for the well, for anyone in rugby. Honestly, you know, yeah. you don't play your games at seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, even yeah. ten o'clock in the morning at that level. Your, yeah. your games are, you know, seven o'clock, one o'clock on, yeah. yeah, one o'clock onwards. But so you know, what... your training routine needs to be matched around that. Yeah, but this is that's the different kind of perspective that a a woman or a mother would bring to that and you know i where he's we my i know we're talking about junior level and stuff but where my boys been playing for clubs in the past and i go no 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 just don't go say anything that just let them carry on and they see you know usually i'll know the coach or i would have played against the coach or whatever. no just they know what they're doing leave them crack on um and but the wife's like no this doesn't make sense i'm gonna go and have a conversation and again, that's the difference. These are all the things that we undervalue, and that's what we we need that kind of stuff in in rugby now, where people go, "This isn't right, so I'm going to go change it." Yeah, and I've been guilty of not changing stuff in the past. You know, yeah. I, we we need women to change stuff. Yeah, I, I'm with you. But I, I I could admit I'll hold my hand up and go. You know, I've I've seen some stuff and I've gone they really shouldn't be doing that. That's, that's either not safe or that's, that's pretty dangerous. They need to stop it. But I haven't said anything because I'm not the one coaching where, yeah. you know, I can say my, my wife's away. She'd be straight over there. She'd be shouting at them going, you don't do that. No, yeah. stop it now. Yeah. And and I think the problem is, is that, you know, people like myself and yourself, there's there's thousands of us out there. You know, there's people listening to this podcast now that go in, yeah, I I've seen stuff in the past that I should have stepped down and I should have I should have stamped on it. I should have done something, and I can see that in the past, you know. And I think now that's why it's it's good that all of this is coming out because we we need to have that open conversation as a as a nation, you know about the culture within our rugby clubs, about the culture within rugby, about the culture that... And, and not even just towards women, you know, no. the, the culture towards each other. But if you, you go to a rugby club now and you go, you know, I've got an idea that's a little bit different, you know, you get laughed at the club. I've been asked to leave clubs, yeah? I've been asked to leave a committee meeting because... I suggested we should have a three-year, five-year, ten-year plan for the business side of the club. I got asked to leave the meeting for coming up with stupid ideas. I didn't even have anything inside the three-year, five-year plan. I I simply said, we need to have a conversation through this season. We need to have a conversation about what we do over the next three seasons, the next five seasons, the next 10 seasons, so that we're not going from meeting to meeting. There's actually a long-term plan. I got asked to leave the club, you know, and, and that's the attitude that's holding Welsh rugby back. And because that's everywhere. That's, yeah. that's throughout the game. I think you can add to that as well, because uh, one of the local clubs by me, We've we've contacted them. We, we're trying to set up a mini section there because they they've got two junior teams and that's it. And there's so many kids around who just can't get to a club because the training day's on the wrong time, mm. on the wrong day, or at the wrong time. And you know we we contacted them. We said the junior section now 
I said, look, we 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 step in. We can we've got the qualifications. We'll set up an under sevens, eight nines. We build it from there. I said, yeah, that sounds brilliant. You know, so went through all that process. Then okay, we'll send you into a meeting with the the senior committee just to you know finalize everything. That was back in October. Yeah. Still getting nothing, still getting fobbed off. Yeah, I, and I think, like you said, the committees that are in place, the people that are there, are there because they want to do well for the game but I think the attitude that they've got towards the game is wrong and that's that's a perfect example of it we want to set up a, here's some people who want to set up a mini section that you know they might be under sevens under eights under nines now but in 10 years time they'll be ready to play for your first team so that's that's where you start you start them at sevens eights nines and you work with them for 10 years so when they get to the first team actually you're developing a, a constant stream of players and every year you should be developing five or six players through your youth system ready to come into your first team and yeah to not say that's a good idea to not jump on that and go look come on let's do it just says a lot about the state of the game yeah, and I know this is that 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 program was about, um, you know, specifically about the way women are treated within the WIU. But I think that's part of the same problem. It's part of the the culture. It's part of the attitude within Welsh rugby, which comes from the WIU. You know, it's it's a trickle down sort of a thing. But I think that's something for all of us. We all need to kind of do a little bit now. And hopefully this will be a bit of a, a cut-off point where things start to change. But we've been here before, haven't we? we? We've been here before and nothing. Every happened. day of every week of every month of every year <laughs> for as long as I can remember. Yeah. So, yeah, that's our little bit on on the WIU. I say, I think this is it's just going to run and run. This is... Um, so hopefully the we know that the heads of terms of the agreement between the WIU and the clubs is signed. Yeah, and Evans is going to have a, a an external uh, investigation, but I think this will run deeper, and I think this will run much much longer. I can't see Phillips staying in post. I, I don't just... understand. Are we still there? Yeah, I mean, but... you know, if you want to stay on, say, look, I want. I know this. These things. These accusations are there. I want to stay on, but I'm taking a sabbatical while these investigations are happening. Yeah. You know, it's simple, simple enough. Yeah. I, and I can't, you know, he's not a, a guy that's, you know, he's not come through the business kind of side of things. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's an accountant, up, isn't he? I, I don't know. I, he's, I think this is, again, half the problem with the Welsh Rugby Union is... They don't want to talk to people. They don't want to say, well, look, this is me. This is where I come from. This is my background. And and this is what I want to do, you know. Um, so, But, yeah, I can't see him staying past the end of the season. Um, let's hope that there's some change before then. Fingers crossed. And I've got a feeling that we'll come back to that one in in future episodes, Matt. I can't. Yeah, I can't next week, it. the week after, the week after. <laughs> yeah, you know. let's... Let's hope not. Let's hope not. <laughs> but there we go. Right. Let's let's move on to local rugby then. Let's, yes, uh, yes, yes. So do you want to do you want to take us through last week's games then? 
Last week's games. Well, th- there weren't that many games last week, which was disappointing. Mm. I mean, mm. Narbeth's game with Glamorgan was postponed. I mean, there there was just so many postponements that you know we we can't really go through every single one because we we'd be here forever. But uh, the the games we have got down in Division One West, we had Aberystwyth at home to Crimech, a nice uh, you know top part of the table clash. And Krimich came away with a with a nice away victory, twenty points to fifteen, and that's that's putting them, you know, lovely position now to carry on through the league. Mm-hmm. We go next. We had Pembroke at home to Hendy, and you know Pembroke are Pembroke, so you know thirty six seven loss. Yeah, the season's not getting any better. It's hard to take. It, I mean, it, it really is. They they just can't buy a win, and I I, I feel for any team who's in our position. Mm. Well, we go we go into two west, and uh, Fishguard hosted Carmarthen Athletic. You know, I, I was I was back in Fishguard. I was hoping they'd do it, but uh, you know, came up just a little bit short. You know, thirty points to twenty one, they lost. Mm. And then we had a big one, and you know, this was this was a brilliant game from all accounts. Milford Haven. Host in Tenby, and you know anyone who listened last week, you know we were oh yeah Tenby got this wrapped up. Like, Tenby will do this. It's yeah. not not you don't have to think about it. You know Milford Haven twenty points to eighteen. And you know that, was, that that is a result and a half. And it was you last know, kick of the game again. It was our second time this season that Milford have won a game with the last kick of the game. Literally the last kick of the game, and uh, yeah. As uh, so I've spoken to a couple of people that were there, it was, it's a proper competitive local derby, and I say Milford haven't had a great season, but um, yeah, to come away with that win against Tenby at home, um, yeah, you, you can see it straight away. The boys are buzzing. So Tenby, you know, quite flipped the other side. You know, that's that's a hard, hard one to to take, but. There we go. It is what it is. <laughs> Dropping down one more into three West A. You know, we only had two games, I think. You know, I'm I might not be hundred percent on that one. We had Nayland at home to Langham, you know, twenty five points to five to Nayland. So, you know, good performance from Langham, but obviously just you know, coming up short. And then no, there was a there was a bit of a, a shock when I saw this result. Uh St. <laughs> David's at home to Aberaeron, and you know, Aberaeron have been really strong this season. And okay, Aberaeron did win, but they won ten points to eight. Yeah. And you know, the little St David's pushed Aberaeron all the way. You know that that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And then the last game, yeah, the last game from this division. Mm, go on. Oh. Sorry, have I cut you off? No, no, I was going to say, apparently, the, the, so the reports I've seen of that game is it was an absolutely fantastic game and St. David's felt and they should have won that. They, yeah. they, they should have won it. So, But there we go. Sorry, go on, carry on. Yeah, yeah. And then the last game I've got from Division 3 was a cup game. Haverford West away to Vardra. And, you know, Haverford West, you know, they, they haven't quite had the season they were hoping for. And, you know, this... They're now out of the cup. They lost 16 points to 13, which, you know, it's, it's devastating losing in the cup, but losing by a single score, you know, it makes it worse. 
yeah but okay so um so i covered off the um under 18s boys boys yeah i forgot that the so the girls played on sunday as well so yes um, they did yeah, round robin so they beat the ospreys 22 18 didn't they um, yeah cracking which, game hmm. from what i, I read Ma- had a massive lead and then uh you know the the Ospreys came back towards the end, but the, the result was never in doubt. Hmm. Yeah, I think they they basically put them away by the end of the first half. Changed like about eight players for the start of the second half, but um, yeah, fair play to them. They're playing really really well. They're playing some really good rugby, and uh, I I need to remember to do that bit in the scarlets bit. <laughs> <laughs> After yeah. I've just spoken about the WIU and sexism, and I forgot to put the girls' score in with in with the Scarlet score, so uh, my bad on that. one. Yeah, so let, let's just we've had a heard you first that you know there's an unconscious bias from one of the members on this podcast. Oh, don't start! Um... Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, I'll shut my Twitter down. No, we'll we'll. Um, I'm only uh, joking. It, uh, I'm only joking. It, it was a shame, actually, that the. There were the issues with the home setup. Oh, I know. Um, but because uh, it it would be nice to see more of the under eighteens girls. I say I'm involved in the under eighteens boys because uh, of my boys, so I I get to see most of those games. Um, so it's a shame, really, that the 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 yeah. under eighteens girls isn't part of rugby pub. You know, yeah, that, that it's, would be it's good. not just it's not just that. I'm I'm not a big fan of. The season set up. I mean, they're only on for five weeks, and mm. you know, I I know we're the Scarlet's region, and I know technically we're covering North Wales with that. But if if you want to watch the under 18s girls, you know, even just to take your your own daughter, because I, I know, you know, my six year old would absolutely love to go to a game like that to see the you know the the big girls play in. Mm. You know, the the closest one is is either is you know. Down in another region or up somewhere near Wrexham. Mm. You know, and when you've only got five games to choose from, you can't exactly plan, you know, long term no. ahead. I think I think it was only a month ago we found out about all these fixtures. Yeah. And hopefully now the under 18 skills for next season will be massively improved on that again. I I think that's the, the key to it now is we have to take steps and and not little steps i think we need to to level that up with the boys tournament and it needs to be at that level next year so cuz again haven't seen anything the scarlet's women playing this year so no, I don't, I, when know. i was contacted I, I i don't think they've got a full women's side at the minute i think it's all gone into that celtic development um sort of yeah, league squad. that's been set up yeah so something for next year. So um, last bit then was the uh, uh, 15s Jewel uh, Bowl. So what have we got with that? Yeah, yeah we've got, uh, well, covering all of the Scarlet's region. You know, there's, there's the five, you know, the, the five district under 15s teams. Uh, we'll start with Pembrokeshire because, you know, Pembrokeshire are the best, of course. <laughs> You know, and uh, you know they they were in the bowl. They had uh, RGC South of Dorm, and you know, cracking start to the second portion of the competition. Forty-seven points to fourteen, brilliant win. Uh, Keradigion schools they hosted Cardiff A. They lost fourteen points to ten. 
sadly, and uh, Manith Mouth and Denevur, who are playing in the big Dewa Shield, the big part of the competition. They lost to uh, last season's holders, Cardiff, 21 points to five at home. Hmm. Now, so the fixtures for this week, Pembrokeshire are playing on Friday night again in the Knoll, which would be a good experience for the boys, actually, playing in the Knoll. So, um, the yeah, details... so it's, it's a lovely ground. I, I do <laughs> like the Knoll. I, I, I haven't been to much rugby there, but I've been, I've been to a few events in, in, the, in the clubhouse, you know, in there. So, you, but you can, you know, you can see the pitch and everything. It is really good to be in there. I do like it. It's just there's no parking. There's, there's oh, no, parking no like 20 cars, and that's it, you know. So, oh, you, you may as well go up to the country park and walk down one. Yeah, it's probably ridiculous. easier. Yeah, I think last time I was there, I went round to the cricket club, round the back, and parked <laughs> in the cricket club, and then came back through. But yeah, so um, so I posted the team on our social media. Um, best of luck to the boys uh, for for Friday night on that one. Right, so let's have a look at fixtures for this week and do some predictions. So, oh yes. Championship, we've got Narbeth against Glamorgan Wanderers. What's your what's your take on that one? Well, you know, it's, it's copy and paste from last week. You know, they, they were meant to play last weekend, but, uh, you know, the, the rugby god said no, you're not allowed. <laughs> and uh, Bargoy being involved in the cup, you know, we get to try and play this fixture again. Mm. Whether or not it happened, that's another question. But, no, I, I'm I'm open for an Arbeth win. It should be an Arbeth win. Yeah. And I can't see any reason why it's not being played. I mean, we didn't suffer down this end of the world with the frozen pitches and what have you. So, but Narbeth pitch, the the that main pitch does seem to freeze over quite a bit. I think it's just shaded, uh, so it does seem to freeze more than most. But yeah, I'm going to stick with my prediction last week of a Narbeth win there quite comfortably by uh, quite a few points. So uh, Division One. Yeah, Krimich and Gasainen first up, and you know Krimich got to be bouncing. You know they they went to Aber Aberystwyth and they done the job. Now they get to come home and okay, I'm not going to say it's an easy fixture, but you know Gasainen are down in ninth, so this this should be a comfortable win. Yeah, yeah, and again in Krimich, place has got a bloody weather system all of its own up there, so you know it may well be. 24 degrees and sunny you can never tell with Krimmer. So, but I'm going the same I think that'd be a, a big hefty win you know we're talking 30-40 points against Gosain and there I just think yeah. they're in that kind of mood at the minute like you know so so then we've got Newcastle Emlyn and Aberystwyth again two teams quite close together you know second yeah. and fourth it's, it's a big one and another big one and um, you know Newcastle Emlyn they are in fourth but they've got a couple of games in hand, and they, you know they they could top the league if uh, they win their games in hand. Hmm. So uh, you know Aberystwyth coming off the loss at home to Crimmage, I I think they they're gonna want to bounce back, and you know what better way to do it than you know a, a league a league rival, you know. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I I'm not too sure where my head is saying this game, but my heart is saying go Aberystwyth. Yeah, mine too. Um, it just because, like you say, when you come off a, a top of the table clash like that, and you and you're not winning, but then Newcastle Emlyn have got something to play for. You know, they have got that. They they could end up top with the games in hand. So, 
But I, I'm going to go Aberystwyth as well, just because they're, they're coming off a nasty one and they're going to want to put it right. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to be training with Aberystwyth this week. I think that would be quite an <laughs> intense kind of a setup. So and then we come to the, the game of the week, really. The um really <laughs> so Whitland in eleventh against Pembroke in twelfth. I mean, we've been talking about these two all season and, and just hoping yeah. for wins left, right, and centre. But <laughs> you know, if Pembroke are gonna pull a win out of the bag this season, it, this this is the game to focus on. Um, this is the game to win. Yeah. But I honestly I don't care who wins, as long as somebody does win. For God's sake, <laughs> do not be a draw. I think Pembroke would take a draw at this point of the season, mate. Oh, but, come um, on, a draw is worse than a loss, man. Oh, I hate them. <laughs> well, it's going to be an interesting game. And, yeah. uh, you know, it wasn't so long ago that there were four divisions between these two, scene, uh, two teams. So, you know, the fact that Pembroke are even in the same division as Whitland now is a... Uh, is a big plus for them, and they 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 will find a bit of pride in there somewhere. They will, they've got to they've got to pull something out. They've got to focus on the games that they can win. So I'm going for a Pembroke win. I'm going for a Pembroke oh, win by five it. points. Yeah, I'm going to go for a Pembroke win by five points. Yes, and I'm, I'm going for a Pembroke win. It's just like can't get away from you, man. It's, <laughs> oh, hard work, man. Hard work. Um. So who we got next then? Uh, oh, Division 2 next. We've got Ponteberem at home to Milford Haven. Hmm. Now, you know, Ponteberem are winless this year and Milford Haven have just had a massive scalp over Tembi. So <laughs> I, I wonder who I'm going to back for this one. Hmm. I guess it's interesting. I was looking at the table earlier. Milford have actually lost the same number of games as Tembi have now. But Milford have got so many. I think they've got three games in hand over Tembi. So if they do put a bit of a run together, I know they're the eleventh in the table now. But if they do put a bit of a run together, then they could quite comfortably kind of move up the table. Mid table. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 the same in every league at the minute. I mean, so many games have been cancelled, and you know, um, I was actually looking at a, at a news article earlier. You know, I think Ridvalin, who were uh, down Pontypridway, mm. they've there's only 18 weeks left in the season, and they've got 17 games to play. And you Oof. know, obviously, and and you've got the five Six Nations weeks in with that as well. Yeah, midweek rugby then. It's uh... oh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough job, and it, it's, it's not just them; it's it's everywhere. Yeah, and that's why I'm a fan of summer rugby. But there we go. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so we're we're both going for a Milford win, and then we've got Tembi yeah. and Fishguard. Tembi at home to Fishguard. Oh, it's, it's, it's not easy. I, I know there's some disparity in the league, but you know, I, same thing again. Games played, it, it it's not that easy to mm. pick a winner between these two. Mm. I, again, I I agree. I think it'll be close, and I think home advantage will will keep Tembi there and losing against Milford. In, in the same way that, you know, Aberystwyth will be a bit intense this week. I think training at Tembi will be a bit intense this week and there'll be a bit of a um there'll be a bit of fire in that game, shall we say, for, for this weekend. 
So. Now you've given your prediction first. I'm going fish guard. Let's be different. <laughs> let's, let's, let's separate. Cool. Uh, so let's have a look at Division 3 then. Who have we got in Division 3, mate? Uh, I got Cardigan at home to St. David's. Ooh. Yeah, seventh against eighth is uh, two sides that like to play rugby. You know, they do. They, they do like to throw the ball around. They like to play rugby. And St. David's such a small place. Um, it's good to see them not getting a batter in every week. So I'm 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 gonna go say David's. I'm gonna go oh. on a way win for Saint David's. Oh my god. <laughs> this is getting more difficult, you know. Um I it's it's really weird saying this, but they had a really good loss on the weekend. Yeah. And I'm hoping they back it up. So yeah, I I'm I'm Saint David's as well. Yeah. We are allowed to agree. You know, we don't have to. Yeah, but you know. it's, it's it's not nice to have to be agreeing all the blimmin' time. It's like <laughs> we we got to have a, a few games different, man. All right then. Okay, so Langham <laughs> against Pembroke or Quinns. Um, so I've yeah. got no, I got no choice on this one. I've I've got to I got to go Quinns on that one. So oh, happy days then. You know, I so, we we all love Langham. Everyone does. Yeah. You no, know, we, we you know the Scottish, the Irish. The French, they love Langham. <laughs> Everyone does. It's not I, a choice. I'm sure Langham must be the like the smallest. Um, it's not a town. It's a village. You know, to to have a rugby team playing. Smallest in street to have a rugby team. Um, well, there are two streets in Langham. If I there's one that goes straight through, and then there's one that goes along the water's edge. So technically, it's a two street village. With a couple of uh, housing estates on it, but it, it's it's a tiny place. So the fact that they're even there is good. But I just can't see them coming anywhere close to the Quins. Quins have had four games cancelled now, four games postponed. So they they're going to be, you know, keen to get back on it. So yeah, it's a win for the Quins for me on that one. And then the next game, Nayland against Aberaeron. Uh, on paper, that looks quite a close game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is a weird one for me because, you know, Aberay run, I mean, they're not losing, but they, they, they're on a bit of a slump, you know, this year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 8-10 away to St. David's. Uh, they beat Tregaron 29-7 at home. But at the start of the season, they beat Tregaron 66 points to 17 away. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm i not quite sure what's, what's going on there. There seems to be... A, a, a big dip in their performance, so I'm I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to go with Nayland for this one. Yeah, I know what you mean, and they've had a Aberay run have cancelled a couple of games as well because of the pitch. So you know maybe that's kind of interfering with the, you know, you do don't you? You get onto a run, you get into a bit of a system of this is what we do. So yeah, I, I'm going to go with Aberay run. But um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Nayland turn them over at home. But I'm going to go with Aberaira on that one. So, yeah. What are we? What else have we got? Lan and uh, Lan and St Clair's in a yeah cup games now. So uh, Lan and St Clair's, you know, it's it's hard to see past St Clair's. I mean, as good as Lan are, I think the the league fixture was a six points to ten. It finished early in the season. So I'm, you know, you, you've got to back St. Clair's until they come up against a team, you know, similar to them, which I, I don't think they, they are in mm-hmm. Division 3, you know, all over the country. I, I, I think they could very well go on and win this cup. 
Yeah, I think they they look in. They look when Pembroke won this cup in Division Three. You could see they were a Division Two side, and now they're a Division One side. And Sinclair's have got that kind of feel about them as well. You know, they they're a classy outfit, and they're well coached and they're disciplined. So, yeah, can't really see past a Sinclair's win there on on that one. Yeah. So cool. So is that it, mate? Is have we? Yeah. There is another cup one from you know this division. It's 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 not really within our remit, but it's Lampeter against Ponteclean. Right. Okay. So I I think we can comment on it because they they are in three West, eh? And they. Yeah. 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 So you know Lampeter at home to Ponteclean. I think it should be a nice victory for Lampeter. You know Ponteclean are not really doing that well this season, even though they're in the knockout stages. <laughs> They've uh, they they haven't won a game since October, which uh, <laughs> it, it it says a lot. They've they've won three and lost four in the league. Yeah, and it, it seems as though they they won all th- those three games and their cup games. You know, in the first six seven weeks of the season, and they yeah. just haven't done nothing since. Sometimes it happens, doesn't it? Okay, well, I'll agree with you on that one. Then you you convinced me to go with Lampeter on that one, mate. Oh. <laughs> I'm convinced. Oh, the way, man. <laughs> So, other than that, so there's been a bit of um, a, a bit of Scarlet's news this morning. Um, oh yes, with the time and date for the Breathe game. Now we're both happy about because we were speaking last week. I say I already know that April first, April second is out for me. I'm tied up those two. You're you're tied up for those two days yeah. as well. And then lo and behold, Scarlet's going announce. March 31st, Friday night, 8 o'clock, breathe at the park. And... Uh, I know. I, I'm so happy. Yeah, you me know, too. Uh, I, mean, I know you've got your reasons. Uh, my, my, I, got, I got young girls and they do cheerleading, so we're in a bloody competition on a Saturday and Sunday. So I, I was like, oh, come on, give me the Friday. Give me the Friday, please. And uh, my my wishes have been answered. It's, it's brilliant. Hmm. Well, when they announced this originally, they... Um, said that there weren't going to be any Friday night games. It was just going to be Saturday and Sunday games. So the fact that they put in a Friday night, perfect. Gotta, gotta love that. And uh, yeah, can't wait for that one. Were you there yeah, for I'm... the for the? Um, oh, what was the last one that we La played? Rochelle. Yeah, were you there for that one? Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I wasn't a season ticket holder at the time, so I was in some of the extra seats in front of the West Sand at the bottom. Oh, cool! I had uh, I, I was with my boy. Uh, how old would he have been? That was that was twenty seventeen, wasn't it? Oh, twenty eighteen. Yeah, so something like that. So he was he was five, and I had uh, I I had my four month old in on a in a baby carrier on my chest. <laughs> well, I shared the um, I had videos from it. Um, which I shared on the page earlier this week. It came up on my memory, so it must have been earlier this week. Um, so yeah, it was it was good to to relive that that memory. To be honest, because it's uh, yeah, it was an awesome night. That was absolutely awesome. Wow. And hopefully, we can we can start and start again. You know. Yeah, because you know, look looking. Looking at the, we've got the, we've got the full list, we've got the full brackets now, hmm. of uh, you know who will get in the quarterfinals, etc. 
Mm. And, you know, we, we're going to face the winners of Bristol, Clermont, should we come over Breve. So, you know, Breve at home is going to be a big game and hopefully we'll get a sellout. But, you know, the following week then, Easter, Easter weekend, we're either going to be at home to Bristol or Clermont. And that, that's going to be a massive, massive game should we get there. Mm. And, you know, when you when you look at who we've got in our side of the draw, um, yes. you know, it's doable. It's doable. There's, there's us, Brief, Bristol, Claremont, like you just said, uh, Glasgow and Dragons, and then Lions and Racing. So there's only really Racing in there that I'd look at and go, well, maybe Glasgow. Yeah, maybe that Glasgow-Racing game might be a bit... Um, if they both get through, but it's cup games. You can never tell, can you? You can never yeah. tell. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Clermont and, and Racing are the, are the two big ones for me. I, I'm, I, I am a bit worried. Should we get? Should they get through with us? Mm. You know, it's, it depends on how much Clermont really value this competition, and and the same with Racing, because mm. you know the, the only thing they're going to get out of winning is a place in the Champions Cup. And I think they're both pretty well set for that from the league. Mm. So, I, I, I'm not saying they should be putting their second teams out because <laughs> you know this this is a big European competition. Mm. You know they they should be they should be going hell for leather for it, but you know not against maybe, us. Maybe they can, maybe maybe they can rest. <laughs> maybe they get like ten red cards or an injury or a few injuries the week before us. <laughs> that that'd be nice. Well, it's gonna be. Uh... It's going to be interesting. We've got a couple of weeks until it, it comes round. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one already. Breathe at home. And I think it, it, it happens quite quickly after that, isn't it? It's like three weeks, four weeks after that. There's not a lot of space. So, yeah, fingers crossed, mate. That's going to be a, a, a cracking end to the season. At the, and, it, like you say, it'll be full grounds. And I think that's key to where we are now yeah. is, is filling the ground getting the extra seats in, put those extra seats at the front and, and let's fill the ground and let's get people, you know, go and see this game. Maybe this is your first game that you go and see and then come back. You know, let's make sure we convert people into Scarlet's fans that are going to this game. So, yeah, I mean, I mean this, the, the, you know, the, the, the four games, so the four group games, it's given us top spot, and I mean, it's given us an opportunity to have a home round of sixteen, a home quarter final, and a home semi final. You know, yeah. and and if we do manage that, I mean, we're talking in excess of of three three million pound if we sell them all out, and yeah. that that is with the state of Welsh rugby as it is. You know, that that's more than half your squad. That that would be unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got one more thing to to talk about just before we finish. So it's a it's a rumor that we've heard, um, uh, and, and we just want to throw our our hats into the cap on this one. We don't know if yes. this is true or not, but um, apparently the the announcer at Scarlet's um, is is leaving, and I don't know if that's you know straight away or end of the season or even if it's true. We 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 don't know. But what we would just like to say is we're up for that, and we might. We we yes yes we we, <laughs> we we take on half a match each. You know, um, whichever one of us is more tired, we'll do the first half, and you know the one who's more lively can do the second half. 
I, do you know, I think what a great opportunity for the Scarlets to have a little bit of a, a little bit of fun, a little bit of competition, and and you know get some get members of the public in. Because yeah. if you said to people, "Do you want to be an announcer for for the?" and I know it's it's important and all of that kind of stuff, but you know we could have halftime competitions, and we could even have competitions in the barn or whatever, just to kind of get people involved. And I just think it would be a really good way of getting somebody that's that maybe they're not expecting, you know, maybe they're just kind of I don't know somebody normal. That isn't yeah. an already a media person sort of thing. I but yeah, no, like I a hundred percent agree with you over there. I mean, they, there's things to look at here. Whereas you know, if, if this does turn out to be true, you know, obviously they they pay they pay the stadium announcer, hmm. and you know, you you can get Scarlet's fans. You know, you can get come in half a game or full game or whatever. You could get people to do this for free. Yeah. You know, people would absolutely love to bloody do this. You've already got people in the comms in that sort of area to, you know, mm-hmm. keep an eye or whatever. So just just bring some people in. Obviously, do a bit of vetting first, make sure they're not gonna, met, you know, put put you really in really yeah. really in deep somewhere. Yeah, and just, just give it to the fans. Let's 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 have a bit of fun with it. Maybe. Like you said, yeah, do a competition. Let's say, you know, next season or you know, 20 people are going to come and uh, do our, our stadium announcers and yeah. whoever you vote for is the best is, is going to stay on. So how's about this then, right? How's about this? So we'll put something on our Facebook page, right? And like, like two lines of text, three lines of text or whatever, and we'll get people to record it and send it in to us. Yes. And then we'll do our own little thing. How's that? Does that sound cool? That sounds awesome. Both languages. Yeah, well, that is the other thing. It's got to be both languages, isn't it? But we'll we'll do that on the on the page, and we'll we'll see if people can post their videos on there, or they can send us in a clip or whatever. And then we'll have a crack at it as well. Something to do <laughs> through the Six Nations, isn't it? So cool, cool. So I, I think that's one uh, as well that's gonna be quite interesting because we all miss Tomo. We all miss Tomo. Tomo was yeah. Tomo was great, but we'll Tomo's find Yeah, we'll find somebody that has got that same sort of attitude. And so yeah. On that note, my friend, we are done and dusted for yet another week. Oh no we are we're not not we're not gone no. gone. What have we got? got another one. Uh Scarlet's event uh mm-hmm. run by Cree sixteen, the supporters club, free to join as always. Uh, there's a meet the management evening next Tuesday, so that is. Let me get my dates up right. I don't want to mess this up. Thirty first. I think it is. Was it? Uh, I've lost it. Is it? Yes, yeah, the thirty first. Tuesday be. the th- yeah Tuesday the thirty first of January, uh, seven o'clock in the Scarlets. A meet the management evening with Simon Madarak, John Daniels, and Phil Morgan. So, you know, if you've got any questions or you'd like to go, just, you know, sign up absolutely free. It's free to go, you know, Cree 16, get your membership in and, you know, you can ask whatever question you want. It'll be, there'll be a set list of questions, but uh, I've been told there's going to be a bit of an open mic as well so people can respond. So if you've got anything you want to ask, anything you want to know, you know, Cree 16, get in touch and, you know, get yourselves there. 
because you, you're not going to get to know more information than by straight from the horse's mouth. Mm. And while I'm thinking of that, so a um, bit of a shout out to my other podcast, the um, rap podcast. So we this week we interviewed David Buttress. Next week we are interviewing Simon Mudrak as well. So he's got a busy start to the week, mate, because he's, he's with us on Monday and he's with you on Tuesday. So, um, yeah, any questions that you want us to ask, um, send them in or send them in to Crease 16 and join up because um, this is the way forward, guys. This is the way forward for Welsh rugby, for our region, and it is our region, and I think we forget that sometimes. You know, we're the fans and we're part of that region. The players are part of that region. So let's get involved and let's let's ask the questions, let's go, but let's show some support because that's what we need right now, isn't it? So, that's us done for another week, my friend. We are all lovely, jubbly, another one put to bed, tucked up, hot water bottle in, lovely. Oh, yes, another <laughs> week done, another week. Another now, it's going to be interesting now, we've got, you know, we've, we've got five weeks over the next couple of months where we're not going to have much games to talk about. I mean, what are we going to do? I mean, did, what, do you get, what do you talk about in Welsh rugby when there's no rugby? <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, we're done because that's another hour's <laughs> conversation. Mark, it's been good to see you again, mate. I shall catch up with you again next week. All the best, mate. Always Enjoy pleasure, your Always a pleasure. All the best, mate. Ta-da. You have been listening to the Westerer is Besterer podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet Pems. Find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is besterer. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.